Hey guys, this is Matt from Dinosaur Pileup, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Jason, along with Chris. Yo. So we had fun on Friday at with our uh, Arch City friends and Dania at uh, the Blue Note. Yeah, man, it's a it's a good time. It's nice to be back there. You know, it's it's one of those places where um, you know, even though you may go in by yourself, you're going to leave with a lot of friends because everyone's there. Obviously, a Blues fan, and it's, it's just always a fun atmosphere to watch the game. The first thing that happened when I walked in is these two old guys bought me a beer just because I was wearing a jersey. So that's not a bad time. I'll take that. So it was a good time over there. So uh, hopefully do some more eventually there. Uh, so the Blues had a, after a little uh, home and home with uh, Nashville, that didn't go exactly the way they wanted. Uh, the Blues continued their uh, little mini road trip here to Tampa, who they faced uh, about eight, nine days ago. Uh, and then, uh, Another game and another hard team in Dallas, and then they wrapped up at home on a back-to-back against Pittsburgh. So pretty tough teams this week. Yeah, you know, and we had been talking for a while about how this schedule was going to get um, more involved and heavier teams were coming their way. Um, but you know, and it's also it's also one of those things where it's like you know, think about the fact, and I think Kerber mentioned this last night after the win against uh, Pittsburgh. This team has now played over a month without Tarasenko, and they've only lost two times in regulation. Two yeah, it's times. Been, yeah, it's been ridiculous lately. Uh, the injury continued to pile up, which we'll talk, talk about. Uh, like I said, we'll get into our usual. Uh, we'll go to Blues News first. So, uh you think we could talk about in Blues News? What's the only thing we've talked about in the last three podcasts in terms of Blues News? Injuries. So let's add to that list where during the Tampa game, which we'll talk about after having a pretty good game, really strong game to start, Oscar Sundquist uh, goes to the corner and injures his ankle. Mm. And he is he was out the rest of that game. And after further uh, tests, when he got back to St. Louis, believe it or not, there's actually good news for once. That Marube thinks he's not as long as uh, originally predicted. Well, and that's good because it definitely was a doom and gloom prognosis after that game when you know you heard all these people saying that he was seen leaving the game on crutches and wearing a boot and everything else, and he thought, "Oh God, it's a broken ankle or something like that." But maybe it's just a high ankle sprain, which those suck too. But obviously, not as not as much downtime for that as you would be if we were talking about a broken bone. Yeah, so it looks like Sunquist is not as uh, not out as long as as they originally thought. And the other good news is, well, for Sunquist is he could be skating on this road trip that they're going back on, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's very crazy. I, you know, I'm terrible on skates to begin with, but I couldn't imagine having, you know, the type of injury that requires you to legitimately be in a boot and then less than a week later be like, yeah, I'm cool. Let's go on skates. 
Yeah, so he's uh looks like he might be able to escape later this week. Uh, recording on uh, December first. Believe it or not, it's already December, which is uh this whole insane. Year, this whole year has flown by. Yeah, we're getting real close to our uh, six month anniversary of the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Only yeah. Eleven days away. It's going to be yeah. insane. So the Blues, uh, Sunquist possibly for at least a little bit of time. Um, the other good news, I guess we talk about Steen might be started the skate already on his own. So very lightly, but it's which again is fantastic. Yeah. So once again, you get somebody back in the lineup. But hey, you look at it this way: the, the Blues have used this next man up uh, philosophy, which Rube has kind of uh, been preaching since he's uh, been installed as coach last November. Uh, and that's what he says in all his press conferences. He's like, all right, we can't dwell on Tarasenko getting hurt. We can't dwell on Steen getting hurt. We can't dwell on uh, Bortuzzo getting suspended, which we'll talk about. But um, uh, the good news is a couple of those guys might be on the way back early. But to, for her, in the meantime, I had to make some calls to the minors. So, you know, Clem Costin got sent back down. He got injured his first game back. Which Stop us he, if you he, heard this before. Yeah, a week-to-week injury. It uh, looked like a shoulder. So, luckily, it looked bad on the uh, video that I saw. But it looks like he's week-to-week, which is a good thing. And not like a full-blown like four or six-month injury. Uh, the other other thing is they got some reserves from the San Antonio Rampage. That would be Nathan Walker and Derek Pouliot. So uh, Walker is the leading squad now. Uh, as you know, talked about, he's the first ever Australian uh, to play in the NHL. So he has one goal and one assist in seven games last year with Washington. Uh, tearing it up this year on the first line in San Antonio. So he gets a chance, and we'll talk about him later in this podcast. Uh, Derek Puglia gets a chance to uh, a former first round pick, maybe come back up, make some noise, and establish a position. Uh, he does the exact opposite of what Nathan Walker is doing. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that as well. So the last thing we're going to talk about is his Bortuzzo suspension, which um, uh, some Blues fans are not real happy about it. And me and you can kind of go over it. I think we didn't at the time, we didn't have the official how many games it was. So. Ortuzo is playing uh, against Nash- uh, Nashville sat- last Saturday. I believe we record right before this. But anyway, uh, he decides to uh, cross-check Victor Arvidsson in the back where he pushed him into the net. That's one way to say it. Yeah, to say the least. And uh, he got penalty for, I think, the initial um, push is what he got the penalty for. The second cross-check to the lower back was not called on the ice. And we only had a two-minute penalty. Um uh, Ortuzzo is considered a repeat offender, so he got four games. Yeah, you know, again, some of this is rehashed from the last podcast. I think you and I both agree that the first cross-check is what got him the penalty, but that second one that he gave uh, while the guy was down and trying to get up, uh, that got him the suspension because that was an uncalled-for hit, and the, the I, I believe the play was actually dead at that point. Um. And that was just there was that was a senseless hit that had nothing to do with the game. He was a um, unprotected player. He was prone, and um, there was just no need for that hit. And also, and now Vic Arvidsson is injured for four to six weeks. Yeah. So we talked about that at the end. I believe we just got that in the last podcast. So I just wanted to go over that again. Let's talk about how short the Blues are. And on top of that, 
Gardnerson had the flu this week. Correct. So didn't it, leave it, the it, hospital, or I'm sorry, didn't yeah. leave the hotel. Yeah, for the last game uh, in uh, Dallas. So, time for the uh, Blues game recaps this week. So, three games we're going to go over. We talked about the two Nashville games, not really going the Blues way. They Nashville had a six-game losing streak going into these two, and then the Blues didn't play well. Jake Allen played really well in the second one after giving up two goals and held them into it. And the Blues got a shootout uh, loss there. Could have won that game in shootouts, which was crazy considering how the game went. But the Blues travel to Tampa. Uh, get Tampa right before the Thanksgiving holiday. And, you know, the Blues, if you could shut the last time they shut this team down really, really well. And, I was kind of shocked. We were at the Blue Note during this, uh, or this is after, excuse me. This is, uh, excuse me, yes, right before Thanksgiving. Sorry, I was looking at two different things. And Tampa's 12-8-2 going into this game. Not exactly hitting on all cylinders so far compared to last year. Correct. Not not the dominant force that they were last year. Yeah, where they were just skating around people and scoring tons of goals. This year they seem to be a little more... Uh, I don't know if people may have figured them out or it's just they're not clicking yet. Who knows? First period, nothing really happens. No goals. Uh, but the second period, Nikita Kucherov gets his ninth from Braden Point about four minutes in. But the Blues come right back and Oscar Sundquist uh, steals the puck. I believe it's an errant pass by, I believe, Sh- I want to say Shattenkirk, but I could be wrong here. I don't remember, to be honest. They were on a power play. It might not be Shattenkirk. But anyway, goes on a breakaway, goes... Glove side on uh, Vasilevsky gets his seventh of the year from Barbashev and Bowmeister about a minute and a half after uh, Kucherov had the goal. And then mm-hmm. Oscar Sundquist does it again three minutes later. His eighth from Barbashev and Bozak. Just continuing to. It's weird, man. Like this guy, like we thought when we got him from the Reeves trade, we thought, like, all right, this is just a fill in guy who's going to mm. be up and down. He was oh, up great. and down his first year. And then just turned it around, got a big contract in the offseason, and was a key cog in the Stanley Cup uh, run last year. And, 100%. And he's continuing to do it here with already his eighth goal of the year. So, unfortunately, the Blues can't hold on to the lead. As, and then basically, Sunquist got hurt not too long after this. Uh, we were recording during the time, so we get to see parts of the game. We were recording, talking to Dania and stuff, doing our thing. So we were able to catch most of the game, but you know we missed some stuff. So Sorelli gets the sixth of the year to tie it to eleven forty mark. Going to the third period, two to two. What will happen? Uh, the Blues played really well in the third period here, just grinding the team down, and he was able to get Sanford gets his third of the year from Barbashev and Bozak. Three to two Blues off a really nice play by Barbashev, who fed Sanford on the right wing. Beats Vasilevsky with the one-timer. Brady Jenkins power play goal to hopefully seal it with 4-2. About the 11-minute mark. The Blues are looking great. But, of course, they got to make it interesting. <laughs> Braden Point gets a power play goal at about the 14-minute mark. Kucherov and Shattenkirk. But the Blues, after a little, uh, after some goalies uh, getting pulled and a little bit of uh, scary times there, they were able to hold on to the 4-3 victory. No overtime, no nothing. I know that you and I have talked about this uh, personally, but doesn't it bother you every time you see Shattenkirk in a lightning uniform? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, if you win the first place. That was done. 
that deal was done. The and only one that would make me angrier is if he was in an Oiler uniform. Correct. He, uh, you know, even the Blues. The crazy part is, is that even Tampa, which is the other thing that kind of sucks. Looking, obviously, you can't realize what was going to happen because he's having a good season when it happened. Was they said, okay, well, if Shanker doesn't sign, fine. We'll take if you give us Fabry, we'll call it a deal. Wow. And then, I, and then I forgot about that part. Yeah. Then obviously, what happened with Robbie Fabry getting two knee injuries and, uh, you know. Doing very well in Detroit now, so good for him going up to Detroit and playing well now. But just imagine the Blues could have had Drew, Jonathan Drouin as on their second, you know, second line uh, left winger right now. So, uh, but like I said, everything happens for a reason. You didn't have a uh, that deal go down. So Shattenkirk leaves. You get Zach Sanford, who gets a Stanley Cup Game Seven goal. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know, like I said, things are. Uh, the dominoes fell for a, re- for a reason that way. So we'll take the win against a season sweep against the base, the top team last year. They played really well against uh, Tampa last year, that one, nothing overtime win they had last year. And I think it just continues the, they play up to their competition for sure. And it seems like they haven't really, really, I'm probably going to jinx myself here. They really haven't played down to anybody yet, or at least noticeably down. Um, they're still continuing to thrive. Um, I don't know what your thoughts about this so far, but uh, I think I was going to bring up uh, some stuff about Jordan Bennington. So I was going to say, you know, bringing back Tampa in last year, to me, I always felt like, and nothing against the Philadelphia Flyers and the fact that he got his first shutout against the Flyers. But to me, Jordan Bennington's coming out party was, um, was shutting out the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa. You know, the the first few games of that road trip for him were impressive. But, you know, the Blues went into Tampa last year with a team that tied the record for the most wins in the regular season. Say what you will about them being swept in the playoffs. This was before that. So all we knew was that this team was a buzzsaw and shut them down on home ice. So it's nice to see that this team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, still can't figure out Jordan Bennington. And they've had four looks at him now. Um, And that's something to me that is impressive that you now, you know, the book I would say by and large for everybody in the league is out on Bennington. You know, he's, he's been around enough that there's video or you have history playing him and he's still rising to the occasion and making these saves game in and game out. Yeah, and I just was going to do a quick rundown of his uh, what he's done so far, and this is through all the games played we've ta- we'll talk about through Saturday against Pittsburgh. 21 games started, 13 wins, 4 losses, 4 overtime losses, uh, a 2.26 goals against, and a .926 save percentage, 1 shutout. Uh, you I, I, you know, it was one of those things where I'm just holding off and just hopefully it wasn't like a, you know, crazy run that Jordan Bennington had. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, Andrew Hammond type run. And then he kind of like fizzled out the next season. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Jordan Bennington is, is one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League right now. Right now, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think that there's any denying that. I think that uh, as proven by, 
the NHL.com this morning released their uh, early picks for All-Stars, and he was the top goalie pick for the Central Division. I, I think that you look at Bennington's body of work now, and it's proving that it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Obviously, we're still not even a full season with this guy, so a lot of things can change. But he hasn't let out yet. Yeah, he's been looking great so far. And the other, I'm bring up the other thing too, which, as you know, we're uh, we will defend him when defending is needed, and we, you know we'll call him out when you think he's playing like trash. But Jake Allen, great. by and large, has been pretty well, pretty doing pretty well lately. He has. He's you know, and the thing is, a couple of those losses you can't really hang on him. Uh, I think Jake has had a uh, really, really good season. And, you know, be it he's doing that because he knows he's basically playing for, you know, other GMs that are paying attention to what's going on because you've got to think that at some point, if not this season in the offseason, you would think he's going to get moved. You you just would think so. Um, or whatever. But he's he's playing great, and he's got that capability. We all know it. We've seen the Jake Allen that stole the series a few years ago against the Minnesota Wild. He's he's a more than capable goalie. Yeah, uh, his stats so far is four, one, and two, two a little higher on the goals against two point six eight. Remember, he had a rough couple games to start. Remember, he was like yep. I think oh one and one to start, and then since then he's uh, four zero oh, and one. Uh, and he's raised, he was in the, I think, 0.875 range or something like that for a while. He's raised it all the way up to a 0.914. So, that's um, incredible. Compared to what he was a couple of years ago, where he's hovering around that nine mark and he barely was in a barely nine mark, which is not great. Seeing him around 91% say percentage is pretty great so far. So, all you need your backup to come in, come in, play a simple game give you a chance to win. That's all you want your back with the do. And he's been doing that lately. So it's really hard for, um, to complain, throw whatever shade you want at Jake Allen. Obviously we know his past, uh, but I think, you know, complain about a salary, whatever you want to do. The guys, the guys getting the job done lately. And that's all we really ask for as a fans of this team. So agreed. So anyway, let's move on to wrap up the last two games of uh, this week. So the blues, continue their uh, road trip and they're wrapping up here in Dallas, Dallas, who has been on a tear after being pretty God awful to start the year. Yes. Uh, currently on a 13, one and one streak, which is pretty damn good. Uh, ben Bishop is playing well. The top line has kind of been playing pretty well uh, for them, but, and also on top of that, a seven game home winning streak. So that's on the line here. And so you're hoping that all those, streaks that you know eventually they have to stop the blues had their 11 game win streak last year come to a halt so maybe we're the ones to halt the uh, dallas win streak so blues start off pretty well here and colton Pareko gets a goal about 16 minutes into the first period his second of the year from o'reilly and perron just has the puck and just some good cycling work by the blues Pareko takes a shot from the point and uh as much as I, I've complained about him quite a the start this year, uh, Zach Sanford, but he, since the injury to Sammy Blay, uh, who was out st- 10 weeks, he's played really well. Uh, being that net front presence, kind of uh, doing that job lately. And he, here, Bishop did not see this. And Bishop is not a small goaltender by any means. No, he's not. He's what, 6'7? Yeah, I think at least 6'7 or 6'6, one of the two. 
very tall uh, individual. So the Blues um, play pretty good here. Had a, a crazy sequence here uh, that Jake Allen had a, during the uh, second period. I don't know if you remember this, where he was just sprawling to his left and to his right and just oh, making yeah. saves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keeping the Blues in it. I was, God, I was so hoping for the Blues to get the uh, shutout. And it's one of those things where you just don't want to say anything. Um, I missed the first and second period due to uh, traveling and doing some doing some stuff around St. Louis. So I was able to get home for the third period. And the Blues looked really good, holding the shots down, yes, Jake Allen making the good saves. And the Blues even have a power play late in the game. About the 14-minute mark, they get a power play. Rope Hintz takes a hooking penalty. You're like, all right, just seal it up with here. The Blues do a lot of cycling and passing. A lot. Like, good possession. I'll give you that. It was great possession. Just did not want to put a shot on goal to save their life. Maybe one shot during this whole power play. And Rope Hintz comes out of the penalty box on a little rush. And, a, I mean, it was a sneaky wrist shot, man. I, I was... That's why these. That's why all these guys who play in this league, even if you're a fourth liner or a guy who's been riding the bench for, for X amount of time, that's this is the best league in the world. He does this wrist shot is like I didn't even. It was only on his for like a second, and it just hell wrist shot to just beat Jake Allen, and Allen really couldn't see that shot off the rush. So Rope hints it with his eleventh from Como and Polak at the sixteen forty nine mark, and right then and there you're like. God damn it. We're going overtime. Mm. Like, like, I don't that's know. If I, I, thought, crossed, I was going to say, I don't know if it crossed your mind. That's what crossed my mind. Oh, hundred percent. But 18 seconds later, you know, as we're all wallowing in tech, I think we we're all texting each other, complaining about the goal that just happened. You look up and an impressive passing play from Bo Meester, who hits a streaking Barbashev, who hits a streaking Ryan O'Reilly. And Ryan O'Reilly gets a six of the year from Barbashev and Bo Meester, 18 seconds after Rope hints. Ties it, the seventeen oh seven mark. Barbashev gets the empty netter with about three seconds left after a little bit of a scary times with the goalie pulled. The Blues pull out the last second victory, three to one. Well, last second, last late victory, three to one. You know, this is one of those things where, obviously, in years past and last year, it was definitely one of those years. This team is phenomenal on the road. Uh, they just. They don't seem to be one of those teams that plays better at home than they are away. You could make the argument, actually, that they're quite the opposite. Um, but, you know, this is a team, again, much like we saw the second half of last year, they don't quit. They don't give up. They don't fold up shop. They just move forward and, and take things as they come. And this was a phenomenal, phenomenal pushback by the blues it would have been very easy to hang your heads and go to overtime and instead this team took a breath won the face off and as we've seen so many times the blues give up a goal after scoring a goal they turned it around and did the exact opposite to dallas and took that crowd right back out of the game yeah and a couple of news and notes that i'm bringing from this barbashev followed up a uh, three-point night with a two-point a goal and assist this game. Uh, he's moved, basically been moved up to the Sammy Blay spot on the Perron and uh, O'Reilly line. and seems to be doing pretty well there so far. Uh, yeah, the news and notes I want to bring up is uh, Perron with another point. He has a four. He'll have a, he has a three-game point streak. 
uh, him to a four-game point streak after the next game. And uh, the other thing I want to point up is I don't know what's gotten into Alex Petrangelo when it comes to him playing Dallas, but he becomes a bit of a, a bit of a dickhead. Well, I think it's because for years that team has abused him. You know, it was it was Dallas that had the infamous uh, uh, interaction where wasn't it Jamie Ben who sat on top of him? Yeah, Jamie Ben found that infamous picture of Jamie Ben just sitting on him with his pushing his face into the ground. Into yeah, the and and yeah. and Petro honestly didn't do anything about it. Um, yeah, and that was a big point of contention with a lot of Blues fans saying he's not fit to be the captain. Why would you let him do that? And so on and so forth. Um, and then there was a couple of times, I think even after that, where they kind of used and abused him. So I think that he's finally just kind of had his fill and good for him. I'm glad that we, he's he's talking smack to Jamie Ben and those guys now. It's It's been a long time coming. And the best part is that the uh, camera, I got this from at least uh, one person on Twitter. And then a couple of my friends also hit me up uh, with the video clip of when him and uh, Jamie Ben were... Uh, in front of the net and after the whistle going back and forth and yelling at each other and pushing and cross checking each other. And the ref is pulling away and Jamie Ben says something to Alex Petrangelo, but his back is to camera. So you can't tell what he said to Petrangelo, mm-hmm. but Petrangelo, you see Petrangelo's face and they get it perfectly on camera. And, it, and he, he says, you, he's like, you're effing washed up. But he didn't say effing. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And which I thought was amazing. So, uh, pretty great there that uh, Alex Petrangelo gets the backbone and is, uh, you know, leading the team right. And I, like I said, we talked about this numerous times throughout all last year in the playoffs, how that your team kind of gets your identity of your coach. Yeah. Craig Brube being such like a hard nose player, obviously with all the being all the penalty minutes and fights that he had, seems like his team has gotten that identity. And, uh, and it's nice as kind of trickled on Alex Petrangelo where, you know, got to go out and be that guy, the run guys and constantly push after the whistle and do stuff like that. But when the time comes for calls for it and you actually do it, I think that's it's great to see that, especially against Jamie Ben, who obviously won't go down. We talked about that. We've, we've talked about that many times. Many times. But uh, so Blues end the, the home winning streak against Dallas Stars. Blues pick up three to one. A good little road trip here. But they play back to back nights. So. Uh, I'll also bring up that Nathan Walker had a goal taken away this game. And he was yes, offside he just just barely. His skate was just off the ground. If he drug, he drug his skate, he probably would have been offside. But since the skate was off the ice, he was considered offsides. So Nathan Walker, I thought, played a pretty decent game. Three and a fourth line. Agreed. And honestly, Pouliot, I think, played okay. I mean, nothing, I mean, nothing that stuck out as bad. I mean, compared to the game we're going to talk about now. Agreed. But... Um, so Nathan Walker, I thought he was kind of the story of this, this game against Pittsburgh. So blues come home, play Pittsburgh wearing the heritage jerseys. Uh, and something happened, which Chris, uh, we had a little poll question we were going to do before this game. And this ruined it. It totally ruined it. <laughs> totally ruined our poll question. We were going to have a, what would happen first? Would Vladimir Tarasenko come back to the blues or would just, or would Justin Falk get a goal? So we can officially answer that question, though. The answer just, is Justin Falk scores a goal. He gets a goal just after the power play expires here uh, in the first period of the Pen- Penguins-Blues game. So Blues, uh, Justin Falk gets a goal 
which I thought it might hit Sanford in front, and I was over there getting ready to take it away from him, but it did not hit him at all. It just hit Matt Murray's blocker on the way in. Falk gets his first as a blue, his first of the year at this about the eight-minute mark from O'Reilly and Sanford, like I talked about just as the power play expired for the Blues. Uh, the Blues won nothing after one. I thought played pretty decent overall. Nothing, you know, you know, pretty even overall, nine to seven in shots. The second period is where it kind of fell apart for the Blues. And surprisingly, they actually led after, at the end of this one. But uh, second period comes around, and this is the play where I talk about Derek Pouliot literally getting undressed. Oh, boy. Uh, a guy named Sam Lafferty on the Pittsburgh Penguins sure. just made, made him look uh, – like it looked like I was playing defense. No oh boy, it was bad. Uh, Lafferty gets his fourth of the year from uh, two guys' names. I'm probably gonna mess up. Uh, Blandisi and Runeweldum. Sure, sure. At the six minute mark, and also Jordan Bennington and net for this one. And Bennington, I mean, I'll give Lafferty this. It was awesome move at the blue line. Great move on Bennington to get a goal. I mean, you beat yes. you beat Bennington, who's really we talk about a world class elite goalie right now. Uh, not exactly what Derek Pouliot is right now. So, but he did not look great this game. Pouliot also took a penalty not too long after this, <laughs> which literally his next shift he took a penalty. Which basically uh, he just dove and swung a stick at the dude. Yes. So he uh, didn't look great in the and a lot of power play time here for uh, Pittsburgh in the second, uh, nineteen to seven in shots. But the bright note is the Blues are come away with a lead because of Nathan Walker, his first of the year. His first is a blue. A pass. Basically, the Blues finally break out of their end. They were struggling all period to get anything going. And Schwartz is on the left boards and kind of throws a pass that is like kind of skipping over to Nathan Walker. And Nathan Walker bats it. I don't think it was out of the air. It just was just along the ice. It just landed from bouncing, basically. Whatever it was, it was bang, bang, and in the back of the net. And from the slot, Nathan Walker gets the goal uh, from Schwartz and Bogeyster. So the Blues take a two to one lead somehow after that crazy uh, second period. Like I said, nineteen to seven in shots. Really not uh, anything going for the Blues that whole period, but they somehow got it. But Ivan Barbashev. Then the third period, the Blues just turn it on, and Ivan Barbashev gets his fourth from Thomas. What a move by Thomas Great along move. the board. And just finds Barbershop streaking in, and Barbershop goes uh, upper V on Matt Murray. Set his fourth of the year with a three minute mark. And then, believe it or not, two fourth liners get in on the fun. Uh, De La Rose and McEachern get in here. McEachern gets a tipping goal with a really great pass by uh, De La Rose here. Gets his first point as a blue. McEachern gets his third of the year at the, about the seven minute mark. Hopefully it would have been nice for the Blues just to cruise from here on out, but Chris Letang gets a goal um, here, his seventh from uh, Simon and Malkin. It hits, winds up hitting somebody in the in the front. I don't know if it, I think it wound up hitting Blues uh, defenseman and going by Jordan Bennington here because Bennington looked like he had it and it was wide. I kind of hit. It was hitting the Blues defenseman just stuck inside the post here. Uh, so it makes it interesting, make it four to two, but luckily a late uh, penalty here by the Pittsburgh Penguins and Jane Schwartz. I mean, you just left the, the bar where we're watching this. And Schwartz gets a seventh from Perron and O'Reilly. 17-minute mark. We talked about a power play goal here. Perron ex- extends his point streak. O'Reilly extends his point streak. Uh, Jaden Schwartz with two points tonight. Though, uh, Nathan Walker 
got moved up to the top line after this for what he was when he was uh when they were struggling that second period, and that's why he got that goal. And he wound up uh, getting the first star. So really cool for him to get the first star. His parents were watching down in Australia. It was like Agreed. Sunday afternoon in Australia or something like that. He said, "Yeah, um, yeah." And somebody I don't know, I was off, some fans brought in the Australian flag. I saw. And he said he and he said he saw it during uh, warm ups, and he said that was you know really cool to see like you know his first home game that he's had, and you know as in the blue as a blue, and you know somebody brought an Australian flag and. That meant a lot to him, and you know, they gave him a little extra motivation. And his parents, you know, obviously right. got to watch the game. So, really cool for him. And I don't know about you, but Nathan Walker brings a smaller guy, but brought an element of the Blues don't have anybody with like I would say blistering speed. But I think Nathan Walker is the closest thing they got to that right now. Uh, I would agree with that. I think that you know he is a. Uh a player that has a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously we're talking about a very small sample size right now, but I think what's important is that you saw him start off the game before on the fourth line. And by the end, the end of last night's game, he was up playing with Perron and O'Reilly. Yeah. So it's really great to see, like you said, small sample size, but he fits in everywhere. Yep. But we'll, t- we'll take that. So blues, Nice little, uh, I don't know, end of the beginning of the week. It was a great start with the loss to uh, Nashville, but they came back. I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the week. And they finished it up with three wins, so you really can't argue there. Agreed. So, Blues, as of right now, which is crazy to think about this, they're 17-5-6. They have the least amount of regulation losses in the NHL right now. Mind you, the six overtime shootout, whatever you want to call it, losses so far. But, the five regulation losses is the least amount in the NHL right now. So I think on most, most of the, if you look at all the polls like power rankings in the top, you know, top three, almost everything you look at. So considering all the injuries, I don't know if we can really ask for much more. I don't know really yet. I really thought this team would struggle eventually. And it looks like they were ready for that little nosedive for a little bit where they might struggle for a handful of games, but it seems yeah. like it's a game or two. And then all of a sudden, they play really hard-fought games, and you know I hope they can continue to do well. But do you think this, the way they're playing, where it's a very much of a grinding, grind these wins out, do you think that's something that the Blues can continue to do and it won't wear wear on them to possibly wear them out till April? Or is this something that just, that's how the style of the game that Brube preaches and the players obviously take care of themselves and they'll be okay and next guy up mentality and they'll be fine for the April? So you think it'll wear on them or they'll be okay? Well, you know, I, it's, it's all dependent on a couple of things. I mean, I don't think that you can continue to play this style uh, and not have it take its effect on you. The good news to that is that you're going to continue to play this style and hopefully get other players into the mix that provide fresh blood. So, um. I don't know really how to answer that. You know, if this was the full blues roster, as, as we, you know, look at with no injuries, I would say, I don't know if this is sustainable, but you figure that, you know, over the course of the next weeks and months, you're going to get steam back. You're going to get Sunquist back. You're going to get Tarasenko back. You know, you're going to be getting these big, 
players back. We're not talking about, you know, bottom six forwards or things like that. We're talking about major contributors of this lineup who are going to be rested. I think that it, it allows you to sustain this type of play a little bit longer. Yeah, so I think uh, the Blues are well-conditioned to keep running uh, running and doing well. The Central is now starting to not catch up, but I think they're finally starting to play well. So I thought you know, the Blues are, I thought we might run away with this thing for a while, but it uh, seems like I talked about Dallas having a really good uh, run here. Uh, Colorado was doing pretty well. Uh, Winnipeg's actually been doing pretty well considering that mishmash of a defense pad. Blues lead the way with 40 points right now. They also have the most games played. Uh, Colorado's behind them with two games less played at 34 points, and then Winnipeg's at 33 points, and only Blues have one game in hand on them. Or they have one – Winnipeg has one game in hand on St. Louis. So, I mean, they got a little bit of a cushion here, you know, but you don't, like, you don't want them to, uh, you know, get too comfortable with that, so you're kind of struggling later on to, you know – have to fight for something later on and grind it to get up the spot. So Dallas is at 33 points as well. So Dallas is uh, right there as well. So interesting stuff here. Last two bits of news before we uh, wrap things up here. We talked about Pouliot uh, not doing that well during the Pittsburgh game. And I mean, I, made the, I think I made the joke to Chris that uh, when he gets back to his locker, he's going to have a one-way t- a ticket back to San Antonio in his locker when he gets done with this game. Oh, for sure. He pretty much did. <laughs> he got sent down today on uh, uh, December 1st back to San Antonio. Gunnarsson, he's healthy, so they'll probably have a – they might need to call somebody up to have an extra defenseman if they go on this little road trip here. But um, I think they'll uh, probably roll with what they have for now. So um, let's see. What else do we have here? I think one more thing. I think, oh, so the finally uh, – they have the all-star fan vote out. So you can vote up to 10 times daily up until December 20th. So you can vote for a lot of uh, Blues players at Bennington, Petrangelo. Uh, obviously, Tarasenko is there, but you know he's not going to get into to be inherited out till Mar- uh, March probably. So I, if you had to pick one guy that represents the team right now, who do you think it will, will, will be? One person? Yeah, because you know every team gets one representative at least. I mean, the Blues might get two, you know, because they're being you know on top if of play very well right now. If it's one person, I would say Jordan Bennington. <laughs> No, my guess too is because he's just played outstanding, and there's been some games where I don't think the Blues were going to win or shouldn't have won, and it wasn't because and he's played just because of him. The Blues have been able to win those games. So, Petrangelo's played a very good season as well. He's a, definitely a very good choice. But uh, Bennington would be my choice as well. Yeah, so I, go ahead and vote for your, go for, for your favorite Blue on NHL.com. Yeah, I I think that you know if there's only one, it's got to be Bennington. Uh, but I mean, you can make a you can make an argument for so many players on this team. Yep. And then I'll just give you the Blues' upcoming schedule. I'll segue to a big kind of NHL story that's happened this week, and then uh, that'll be the last thing we talk about. So the Blues play at Chicago, at Pittsburgh, and then they come back home on Saturday the seventh against Toronto. So Toronto, I say it like that for some weird reason, because uh, Toronto has a new coach. is in their AHL coach, Sheldon Keefe. Mike Babcock, Bab- Babcock, wow, that's bad, released uh, from his duties of coaching this week after uh, failing to inspire this, t- this team with a lot of uh, talent and money. 
and a lot of fans in the uh, Toronto area getting very upset that their team is hovering around the 500 mark when they should be doing better. Uh, after Mike Babcock is fired, some interesting stuff starts coming out about how badly Mike Babcock's treated players. Um, for example, like players like Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza this year from Toronto, home opener, was leading the team in scoring in the preseason, and then he is healthy scratched for the first game. Uh, just a bunch of other stuff that basically Babcock did to the big story that came out is just a rookie, which it kinds out it's Mitch Marner. Told Mitch Marner, he said, I want you to list every player on the team from hardest working to least hardest working and give it to me. So Mitch Marner, being a rookie, does that, gives it to Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock reads it in front of the whole team. See, that's awful, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, other players confirmed that happened. Uh, and then actually it was the story came out as a rookie during that year. And when you look at it, there's only two players that are rookies that year. It was Mitch Marner and uh, Austin Matthews. Wow. So they confirmed Marner. Marner said, listen, like, you know, it happened. Um, all the players came to me. All the players on the leadership council came to me and said, hey, like, you know, not, you know, we're not taking it. You know, we don't like this guy either. Don't worry about it. So it was like Babcock really wasn't making a fan. A lot, then a lot of our players came out and said how badly Mike Babcock treated them and just kind of being an a-hole and some other stuff. Then the big one, the big one that kind of happened this week, a former NHLer named Akeem Aliu. Aliu? I know I messed that up. A former second round pick of the Blackhawks kind of jumped around the teams was on in uh, Calgary when this uh, Calgary and Carolina, when he was in Carolina and the coaches, Bill Peters, who was the current coach of the Calgary Flames, apparently when he walked into the room and they were playing, I'm assuming rap music or something like that. Uh, uh, Bill Peters uh, dropped some uh, uh, racist uh, stuff at him, which we're not going to repeat on here about nope. that type of music. You can figure it uh, out. You can figure it out or go look it up. Uh, it's really bad. And when they went to apologize, he never apologized. And apparently there was he kicked and punched guys on the bench when they screwed up. Uh, it got to the point where you got to find out the level of dysfunction in Carolina before the new owner came along. So Ron Francis is the GM of Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leadership core, including Justin Falk, was listed among the leadership core, went to the GM and said of all the stuff he happens and they don't like what he's doing and they need, he needs and they want to report this. So he understands the gravity of the situation. Apparently Ron Francis sat on it and didn't do anything. It happens more than you'd, than, than you'd like to admit. Um, you know, I, I have friends, I'm sure we've all had, you know, situations either ourselves or people we know where you've been asked to, for the better of the company, just not make waves and, you know, it will handle it internally. And unfortunately, we now live in a world where you can't do that because everybody with one of these little handheld devices, I'm holding up my cell phone nowadays, is a mobile news source. And we all have the ability to take audio and video and upload it to a website and publish the news ourselves. So, you know, it's a shame that, and I think as you see the, I'll call it the old guard you know, the, the generation one ahead of us um, starts to retire. You're going to hear less and less of this because, um, you know, a lot of people of that age still operate under a, um, 
veil of, well, we can contain this ourselves and we don't need to make it a big deal. You can't do that anymore. It's going to get out. Yeah. So um, all this gets out. I know Daniel Carcillo now is making waves. I know him and Kelly Chase are going back and forth on Twitter about the Sutters apparently being, which that doesn't surprise me at all, being how old school they are. I like uh, Kelly but anyway, Chase, but Kelly Chase came off sounding like an idiot. Yeah. So he was basically saying, you know, I'm not going to get into what their back and forth was, but he, Kelly Chase said, but look at all the people like the, that the Sutters has helped. And Daniel Carcillo is like, well, it, I wasn't one of them. Yeah. Sorry, but you yeah. know, basically, you know, like he probably, maybe he has helped a lot more people. Maybe I'm one of the only ones. He's like, I don't know. But that, but that doesn't, we, we don't live in a world where if you help one person, you're allowed to MF the next one. You know, it, it's not how it works. You can't, you can't be nice to this person and then go, Oh, I was really cool to Jason. So I'm going to go over to Chris and take a crap on his front lawn and kick his dog and set his car on fire. And then we call it even and we go on to number three. It doesn't work that way. It's not a, a checks and balances system. You can't be nice to some people and treat others like dog crap and think that, well, it's okay because he helped a lot of people. It's not how it works. Yeah, if, you're, so- if, if you're crappy to someone, you're crappy to someone and it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, so not great there. Bill Peters did step down in Calgary after all this came out. And well, I know some other players uh, corroborated Akeem uh, Elius. I'm messing that up really bad. I'm sorry. Uh, story, a lot of other minor leaguers said, I, you know, I played with him. This guy is a really great guy. I saw this happen. I was on the bench when he got kicked. I did this, you know. So basically a lot of stuff piled up really quick against Bill Peters. And he was let go from the Calgary – or he was – he resigned. I think the Calgary Flames did a pretty good job with it. They wanted to find out all the information they could. And I'm sure they went to him and they said, listen, we can fire you or you can resign. And he wrote a letter that I don't think sounded that sincere, so, but that's just me. I'm and sure the agent wrote it. Yes, yeah, soon thereafter, uh, he stepped down. So it uh, seems like that's a – it's very interesting. Like, this has not really happened in the uh, – at least in our – my age, I can think of like hockey culture where now player uh, coaches are getting in trouble for uh, behavior where you've seen a kind of different uh, sports. This has happened about well, now hockey seems to be starting to get in. That's starting to happen now. I think that, you know, and Jason, you played competitive sports as I did. And there's a fine line when you're coaching between um, being tough to build your players ability to withstand stuff and crossing a line. And uh, I know that when I played college basketball, um, I got into a full on screaming match with one of my coaches. Cause he was one of those guys who um, like, he wouldn't make racial slurs and all that, but great example. Uh, we were doing some drill or something. And he was like, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but John Smith. And I just started laughing. And he goes, what's funny, Frank? And I go, either say you're going to call the person out and call them out or don't. But don't act one way and do another thing. Like, just be a man about stuff. And I I think that, you know, we're now coming into a world. and, And I don't think it's bad. I know that a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction is going to be, well, people just need to, you know, uh, be tougher and take criticism. I agree with that. I'm the first one to call out 
the participation trophy behavior. But there is a lot. And I don't care if you're a five-year kid playing uh, intro to hockey or if you're a 10-year veteran of the NHL. There are certain things that you should not be subject to as a player from a coach, and that is physical or verbal abuse. Not criticism. Criticism is allowed from your coach, but verbal and physical abuse. And we all know where that line is. And obviously some people are more sensitive than others, but we all have that common sense of knowing, like, there's a difference between your coach going, Jason, you really messed up that last play. You're, you're benched for the next two periods. Or, Jason, are you an effing idiot? What's wrong with you? Are you inbred? Are your parents stupid? Are you dumb? Do you not know how to, like, stuff like that. Like, when it starts to get personal and attacking you. And that's where, it, you know, and, and worse. And I'm keeping it PG because I don't want to cuss and say, terrible, terrible things into a microphone right now. But I think we all know what we're talking about. And that's the line that I think is going to have to be held strong across all sports because there's just not room for it in this society. Yeah, because uh, I just, I had a good example that uh, I was talking about this with somebody else the other day on when we were growing up and watching stuff and probably in college basketball who, in the 80s and 90s, who was the most famous coach because Bobby of the tirades? Knight. Bobby Knight. Yeah, and he got in players' faces and screamed at players, you know. And that, Bobby that Knight was threw the, a chair across the court at the dude. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that's just it's just interesting how uh, everything's kind of shifting now to, and maybe if you want to say people are softer, whatever you want to call it nowadays, whatever you want to say, I just say you just be more aware of what you're saying. That's just what well, again, I think that there's that line, like we were just saying, there's there's a difference between coaching someone and criticizing their play on said surface, be it a basketball court, ice, baseball field, football field, whatever, and then just hammering them and, and getting personal on them and, and, you know, abusing them. And that's, we're not even getting into the realm of like kicking and punching players on a bench. Uh-uh. That's not a yeah. lot. That's one thing that should never happen. So uh, interesting stuff that's going on in NHL right now. So uh, we'll see what anything else kind of comes out. I know the Sutter thing was kind of dropped uh, this weekend. So we'll kind of see if, and obviously none of the Sutters are really coaching right now. So I don't know if anything will come of that, but what news, what stories will come out of that, that uh, I got a feeling this is not the end of uh, coaches kind of being a-holes and stuff. I, I'm not saying this person is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. There's some Ken Hitchcock story that's out there. Mike Keenan, Mike Keenan, any guys like that back in the eighties. I'm sure there are stories like that, but I'm sure none of the players have really, I, I, I would be shocked if there's not Hitchcock and Mike Keenan stories. I'd I'm be sure shocked. there are, but I think of those players from the 80s and 90s. I'd be shocked if they come out and say something like Kelly Chase is one of those. I think he's definitely like Carcillo was more the early 2000s, you know, player, and he just was out of the game recently. And Chase is more of the you know 80s and you know 90s tough guys. I so I I don't think any of those guys in that era are gonna say anything uh, unless it's something that is very shocking. So sure. Uh, so I want to bring that up real quick. Just an interesting kind of uh, something that's kind of happened there recently in NHL. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. And if you can get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris is at? I'm at Hossapalooza. And if you get a hold of us on Facebook or Instagram, it's Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, go ahead and check out our website as well. It's blueshockeypodcast.net. You can listen to our podcast there along with, along also at, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, please remember to rate and review us and do all that good stuff. It helps with uh, the crazy algorithm they have on there. Uh, gets us a little bit more visibility. Uh, thanks to our friends at Arch City. Once again, uh, go ahead and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and I believe Twitter as well. So check them out. They have uh, articles posting about a ton of different things across the uh, you know, St. Louis sports, national sports, yep. different things that are going on right now. So go Movies, ahead and check that music, out. All that stuff. Yeah. A little bit of everything really good. Uh, with all, I would say this for pay attention to arch city. Uh, a lot of uh, Chris is busy next week with a, mm-hmm. a concert, but a lot of concerts are coming up. Well, this month. I will be, and in they'll be Pittsburgh shooting a lot of them. on Wednesday there. So, and Chris Ooh. will be able to, I'll uh, you be all, at the game. I will. I'll, I'll wave you all from the stands. So hopefully Chris can bring a winner while the Gibbles are in Pittsburgh. Uh, then, like I said, the other thing, the Park City, I was going to say, they have a lot of great photographers there, Mick and a couple other ones, uh, do a lot of great concert photography. So uh, I know Daniel is going to be possibly doing stuff with uh, your band. Correct. Highly so, suspect. So, and that's on the 10th. So <clears throat> I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, so two more things. Uh, if this is up in time, uh, for Cyber Monday, be December 2nd, for any of our, one of our amazing shirts that we have, there is going to be a 15% off plus free shipping coupon out there. Nice. That That's something that's going to be huge. So please go ahead and support us. There's a ton of different things, uh, designs to go from, from our retro blues hockey podcasts, celebrating the blues new old jerseys, uh, to raise the banner jersey to some of our original designs that are out there. Um, so please go ahead and buy a shirt, help support us, help keep things going and enjoy the content, uh, that we've been putting out. So the last thing I want to put up is that we're going to have a, a Christmas giveaway, uh, be, uh, looking on all our socials. I believe it's going to be on the Facebooks. So go ahead and, uh, keep an eye out for that. And you get to find out our chance to win, uh, a blues item, which I know what it is, but I'm just going to keep a tease there. So, Ooh. There Everyone we go. likes so, the tees. Yeah, yeah, most people do. So anyway, <laughs> good week for the Blues. Uh, so for a good week now. Hopefully, Chris brings us a winner. We're in Pittsburgh this week, and uh, we'll Ross. talk to you guys. Here we go. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. See ya.